1: Sitting in a diner or out in the street Catch up with the news, get your point of view
2: I want to hear what unravels, I'll see you in my travels be and good afternoon. I'm hanging around today. Good to have you on board with us today. Thanks for listening. Uh, your host, Charlie Papillo, travels with Charlie. And uh, always uh, a quick shout-out and thanks to the sponsors of Travels with Charlie because this show would not happen without their support. And I urge you to support these businesses. Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, Zero Sort Recycling. They're doing so much to help keep uh, all of that uh, recyclables. Out of the landfill. Jolly Convenience Stores, when you're on the road like I am and you're looking for a hot coffee or a sandwich, snack, uh, ice cold uh, drink, uh, or fill up your car, great place to go. Jolly Convenience Stores home of the daily smile. I was at uh, the location on North Avenue just the other day. You know, one of the things that really uh, impresses me about the jolly convenience stores and, and you go to any of them and there's 40 some odd there right here in the area and they have a little community board on the outside. You can put things up about that, you know, what's happening in the community. They are community driven, uh, and, and, uh, just great people. Jolly convenience stores. Milm travel, milm Com. Their travel specialists search the lowest airfares via the databases exclusive to the travel industry. If you're traveling, check it out, milmtravel.com. And, of course, Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington at 377 Pine Street, and going to be opening up a new location shortly, still waiting for that to happen on Shelburne Road. They're going to be doing bagels there, but they're also going to be doing pizza after they open up in the evening. Wood-fired pizza, how good is that? Myers Bagel Cafe, yeah, baby! So welcome to Travels with Charlie. We've got a great program lined up for you today. I do want to remind you. If you have any feedback, you'd like to get in touch with me. It's very simple. See Papillo Radio at gmail.com, cpapilloradio at gmail.com. always enjoy hearing from you. If if you've got feedback, uh, comments, or maybe a guest idea, you know, one of the things that we do here on Travels with Charlie is uh, uh, called uh, Vermont Grown, and we would like to feature businesses that have been in the area for many, many years. And if you've got a business or you know somebody that has a business that uh, you think would be uh, good to have featured here, shoot me an email, Papillo cpapilloradio at gmail dot com and uh, I do have to, you know, put another hat on as a member of the select board in Colchester. <laughs> <laughs> Mike yeah. Peach, My. peach, Charlie <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up for election this year, so I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for votes. But our annual town meeting is uh, tonight. That's Monday, March 6th. If you're listening on the podcast, it's too late to go. Uh, at Colchester High School, that's at 7 o'clock. And, of course, uh, voting tomorrow. And, you know, and tomorrow. and, you know, get on out and vote tomorrow. And as you know, we've got... Uh, the uh, the Rec big, Center. The uh, Recreation Center. Uh, let, we need to recreate. <laughs> so get on out there. Uh, that was unanimously uh, supported by the Select Board in Colchester. So hope to see you out there today uh, or uh, tomorrow. Well, um, great lineup today on the program as always. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, well, we had her on when she was campaigning for her house seat and she won her election. Ashley Bartley will be joining us uh, to fill us in on what's happening in Montpelier. And my first guest, you've heard him in the background, uh, just a moment ago. Uh, in fact, he has the distinction of being on the rotating list of guests on this program as well as, yes, this is, I think, look, they're coming in to, <laughs> They want autographs, you know, when I, <laughs> uh, uh, as well, Mike was actually uh, featured in one of the videos that we did on Travels with Charlie, the Travels with Charlie videos, we, uh, you can see that at wdevradio.com, go to the website, we've got those along with our podcast, uh, won't you please welcome veteran news reporter, Mike Donahue.
0: How are we doing, Charlie?
2: We're doing – you know, we need a – Quorum, I think we need a drum roll and a little echo when we go, Mike Donahue.
0: Mike do – you, you didn't even mention that Quorum is at the helm. And, and
2: Quorum is Quorum's running the board, so we're going to play a little, you know, name that tune coming up uh, during the breaks here as well. Uh, uh, Mike, do you, do you get – um when do you get used to being called – the legendary or the veteran, because you are—I mean, you are the dean of journalism in in Vermont.
0: The uh, Mike Townsend, <laughs> the former editor of the Free Press, started this legend. Yeah, I mean,
2: he—you are a the, legend,
0: the legend, li- legend, the, the the legend. I said, could you at least say living legend? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just want to make people clear that you know, <laughs> I was legendary.
2: You well, know. I, you yeah, know, it's true. Learning. Usually, yeah, usually that's fun. You know, after you've passed, he, he was a legend. Uh, um, but you are a legend. I mean, you've in, in the newspaper business uh, fifty five years, fifty yeah, 50, yeah. fifty plus years. Uh, and your perspective, obviously, you know, from the Burlington area, you we're a writer, uh, for the Burlington Free Press. In fact, the last time we had you on, we, that's what we talked about, just your, your time with the Free Press, how newspaper reporting has changed and the like. But let's go back, uh, about, uh, 50 years, if we could. And that's the reason for asking you on here today is, as many of our listeners know, they've been following this story for the last 50 years. If you grew up in the Burlington area, even if you didn't grow up in the Burlington area, you'll recall the, the, the murder of a 24 year old woman on Brooks Avenue in Burlington. And that's one of the crimes that shook Burlington. I was a sophomore in high school at the time, Mike. I don't know. You were reporting at the time?
0: I was, I had been at the Free Press about a year and a half, uh, and uh, Rita Curran was, uh, killed. July 19th 1971 she was a second grade teacher just finished her second year at Milton Elementary came from a Irish Catholic family up in Milton Uh, well-known family parents active in the community Uh, and uh, it shocked Burlington shocked Vermont Uh, we just didn't have um, those kind of things happening yeah. in Vermont where, and, you know, the door was unlocked in the apartment. Somebody yeah. went in, you know, she was sexually Everyone's door
2: was unlocked in back in 1971. I know we, we touched on this a, l- a little bit before we went on the air. And 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 by the way I I'd, I'd like to just kind of throw this out to our listeners this afternoon on Travels with Charlie if you'd like to join us uh 2441777 or 18772918255 if you grew up in the area or if you remember this uh, this murder this was it really did shake the community and and you know I told you Mike before we went on uh, you know sophomore in high school and I I remember it distinctly and I think my the feeling was, number one, it happened on Brooks Avenue. I had friends that lived on Brooks Avenue, and I said, "That can't be. That's a nice section of town. That just that that couldn't happen there." And I know you talked about how y- people went to stores to buy locks for their doors, yeah, and you couldn't find them.
0: Yeah, it, w- it was crazy. Uh, one of our reporters was assigned to go talked to hardware stores, and the secondary locks were going off. Yeah, the shelf, and uh, they were sold out. You know, they just people could not believe that somebody had entered. And as you said back then, nobody ever locked their nobody locked doors. Their doors. Yeah, nobody didn't lock their cars. Yeah, didn't, you know, people just crime wasn't happening.
2: I mean, I have memories of leaving. I I grew up on uh, lower Saint Paul, lower Saint Paul Street, and lower Pine Street. Uh, uh, in Burlington, and and boy, those neighborhoods certainly have changed from from when I grew up. Uh, you know, as I get older, I don't even realize that I, you know, I, I lived in the slums back then. You know, I, I was in the ghetto. You know, and it really, uh, you know, some of those areas are now. Not to knock anyone that lives there, but it, you know, those areas certainly have changed. And, and we would, you'd leave your, you know, the wooden door you'd leave open, but you'd you'd lock your screen door because it was hot out, and yeah. you want to so. If anybody wanted to get in, even if that screen door was locked, you just slice the screen and you'd get in. And we never thought anything of that. We yeah. just didn't think anything of it. And everything changed. From 1971, it did. It really changed for Burlingtonians. And it's continuing to change.
0: Yeah. Pe- pe- people now, you know, just have to lock their doors. They're careful about uh, where they walk, uh, about lighting. Um, it's everywhere, yeah. you know.
2: So, Mike, let me ask you, did you ever think that you would be writing this story some 52 years later, the crime has been solved? Are you satisfied that it's solved, that the the person that they named is the person that... It's it's sort of circumstantial evidence, is it not?
0: Well, uh, just to catch some of your listeners up, so what happened is the Brunton police... Uh, there was a Lark cigarette yeah. left at the scene. That became crucial evidence. They used DNA from that Lark cigarette that the killer apparently, while killing her, it probably fell out of his mouth and was between her arm and her body, I guess. Yeah. And they found that with some ash. And
2: and they've uh, kept it all and, these years. And they,
0: and they kept it. Yeah. And, and John Murad, the acting chief... Gave a big salute to those early Burlington police detectives. And, and I would say Harold Baker, who was the identification officer, was probably one of the big ones. Uh, Dick Bolio later became police chief. Uh, Wayne Liberty, who was longtime detective, later became police chief. in Williston were some of the primary ones. Dennis Godin. And they did a tremendous effort collecting the evidence and murad said if it hadn't been for them being so meticulous they would not have had what they needed yeah. today yeah. to do the dna and
2: everything like because that." because 52 years ago nobody would even think that you know maybe there's going to be some way to test this cigarette and find out who it uh, you know who it belonged to and that's ultimately it was the dna that they were able to get from that cigarette butt correct
0: yeah and, and the DNA, what, what was interesting was that uh, if you sign up for Ancestry.com and other things like that to check your ancestry, there's a box apparently where it says, can this be shared with law enforcement? And some cousin of the suspect, uh, William DeRuce, had checked that box. Yeah. And so when they finally got this to a lab where it could be traced down the whole family tree. That was the turning point in this case. And you asked, did I ever think it would be, I would be writing that. I got to say that it kept getting further and further away. And I, I know Rita's brother, Tom, and they have another sister, Mary, but I'd often say to Tom, and I'd say to her parents, you know, boy, I hope someday I can write this story. Yeah. I hope someday. And and Tom, the father, passed away in 1991. Mary, the mother, passed away in 2002. And I just remember saying, wow, they went to their graves never knowing.
2: Yeah.
0: And it looked like the brother and sister would conceivably.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, on the 50th anniversary, they put a note in saying it looks like. Yeah. This will never be solved. Yeah. But somebody knows something. And lo and behold, you know, a year and a half later, and I, I called Tom Jr. And, you know, I've been in touch with him periodically. And I'd say, uh, a voice from the past is Mike Donahue. He said, how, Hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. And I said, really good. But you're probably a lot better this week. Huh? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. And, uh. I said, well, I'm making a phone call that I've been waiting 51 and a half years to make.
2: Yeah.
0: And he said, I've been waiting 51 and a half years for this call call from you, Mike. So it – I mean it was a touching thing and and a couple of days later they had the press conference to fully disclose what they found.
2: Yeah. They, there were other suspects in the case, uh, previously and then proven to, to not be suspects. One of them, uh, serial killer Ted Bundy, which some people are aware of this, but Ted, wasn't he born in Burlington?
0: He was born in, uh, Burlington. His mother was from Pennsylvania. She came here to the old Elizabeth Lund home for unwed mothers. Yep. Was here for, you know, a couple of weeks and then went back to Pennsylvania. Uh, with Ted, and
2: uh, he was asked point blank about it, was he not?
0: Uh, toward the end of his, uh, just when he was on death row, yeah. the warden asked him. I think the day of the execution, yeah. did you kill anybody in Vermont? And he said no, and he hadn't been there. And I think they had pretty well they they had ruled a bunch of people out. Yeah, and this there was room, a pretty long rules. list actually. They, well, and some, some people that lived joining,
2: in the in the community too, yep, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, there was. And when, when, and Jim Tree, the lieutenant who's in charge of the detective bureau, they've always had somebody working a cold case, but he, he came up with the idea of, look, instead of one person, we're going to try to solve this once and for all. And it's going to be a team effort and we're going to put everybody together and we're going to meet like weekly and see where we stand. And, and you know, I mean, it worked. You know, yeah. they, everybody was bouncing ideas off one another apparently. And uh, the problem was that the person who was a suspect who lived two floors up, uh, William DeRoos, his wife, they'd been married for two weeks, just flat out lied to the police right. multiple times. She gave him
2: an so, alibi. She gave him an alibi. Yeah. Yeah. She feared for her life, though, correct?
0: I think she yeah. was a little yeah. fearful of him, and you know, she just the first time she lied, and and he said, "Look, you've got to keep lying." You know, I've got a record. If yeah. they if they become suspicious, they're going to put me at the front of the list and everything like this. Yeah. And so, uh, the Burlington Police, uh, Tom Charette, who was the primary when they did assign it back out, he he started with the idea, look, we aren't ruling anybody out. And so even if somebody had an alibi, you know, this yeah. guy, we're still looking at him. Yeah. So when the DNA got sent in, I think there was uh, 14 or 15 names yeah. of people who literally had been inside the apartment and everything like that, yeah. including the two guys from the Brompton Fire Department who were on the rescue squad. Yeah. You know, they tried to get them, quote, eliminated, if you will. Right. That it was not their DNA inside the apartment yeah. and everything like that. And so one by one, they were checked off and uh, Darus. Ended up being a match.
2: Yeah, we'll continue our conversation. Mike Donahue was my guest this afternoon, who covered the story 52 years ago, and then again just a couple of weeks ago, Rita Karan murder in uh, in Burlington, and it was solved 52 years later through DNA. We'll continue our conversation and, uh, and, and listen, uh, you know, want to hear from you as well. If you have any questions about that, love to hear from you. More coming up straight ahead right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. I'm going to defer to, to Mike Donahue, the legendary Mike Donahue on this uh, Name That Tune. Can you name that tune, Mike? Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. We're running out of yep, time. Well, was, oh, he knew I know it. Who, I knew who was singing. Yeah. It. I okay. Just... All right. <laughs> Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. Hey, got to tell you quickly about uh, Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. You know, I've been a fan of Myers Bagels since they were on Main Street in Burlington. They moved to 377 Pine Street. They're delicious, hand-rolled, Montreal-style, wood-fired bagels. Delicious sandwiches. They smoked their own meats. Flavored cream cheeses. The pastries there are unbelievable. Pine Street and soon Shelburne Road. That's right. They're going to be opening up a Shelburne Road location. Now both places will still be open. They're going to be doing more of the uh, the wholesale out of Pine Street, but uh, you can still go in there and you know get a dozen bagels if you want. But uh, you'll have to be going to the Shelburne Road when that opens, and I'll let you know when that happens. And in the meantime. They're open from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily, 377 Pine Street in Burlington. Unbelievable breakfast and lunch sandwiches. Very, very creative menu. Now, Uh, You know, coming up on uh, St. Patrick's Day, the one sandwich that they invented for St. Patrick's I got the Irishman right (laughs) right in front of me here. (laughs) The McMeyer sandwich with a smashed Fingerland potato, smoked brisket, Swiss cheese, pickles and slaw. You can't can't beat that. You You can't can't go wrong. wrong. (laughs) Check it out. 377 Pine Street in Burlington. MyersBagels.com You can actually order online. They will they ship them all across the country. MyersBagels.com We're talking with Mike Donahue this afternoon, a legendary reporter in the area, and we're, we're talking about the murder of Rita Curran, which happened 50-some-odd uh, years ago and was solved just recently. One of the things that solved it, obviously, was DNA. It was from a, a cigarette that was found at the murder scene. And, Mike, I... I just, you know, when I heard, read the whole story and started following it more, I said, why didn't they, you know, you pull a Columbo and you go, all right, let's go in. We got a couple of suspects here, and let's see what they're smoking. And and and, you know, had William DeRus lit up a cigarette in front of these guys, but he was pretty elusive, was he not?
0: That's my impression. Was he was elusive? They talked more to his wife and said they were home all night. They hadn't heard any noise. They were in bed, you know. And that was the story she was telling, and I think he may have told them, too. But
2: you yeah, know,
0: I don't, and I again, and I don't, he had a, I,
2: he had a violent past, correct? In fact, he had some run-ins with the law, and that's what he told his wife. You know, they're going to be looking at me, so you better give me an alibi. He, he, and he, he was a he, he served, was he was out.
0: He had served some time in California. It yeah. was uh, an assault and robbery, yeah. or assault and battery. I think he got two to three years. Yeah.
2: And, and, and obviously kids, he left you know, the apartment that night, and he did. He, he murdered he, him.
0: He yeah. went out. He had a fight with his new wife a yeah. two weeks, and she uh, – it was a cooling off. Yeah. You know, he went outside probably, was smoking a cigarette. And, yeah. You know, I, I don't know who knows. Whatever. Well, he was a violent what, person. What, there's what
2: actually a story about him and, sitting across the table from somebody, and he just stabbed him.
0: Stab, stabbed, a friend of his yeah. wife and his, and yeah. everything like that. And his wife was sitting there. There's there's a certain irony too that to this case too that 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 his wife, her father was the plant manager of the IBM plant in Essex Junction in yeah. the mid '60s, yeah. and Tom Kern, her father, worked there for many, many years, and I've heard from so many people who would say they'd see him at work, even remember the day of the murder, and, and it's like just crushed and always hoped that someday he would yeah. have peace of mind.
2: Two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five Dale from Burlington on Travels with Charlie. Good afternoon, Dale. You're on with Mike Donahue on Travels with Charlie.
0: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Uh, great work, Mike. Uh, sticking with it for 51 and a half years and um, uh, not letting it go away. Uh, I commend you for that. Thank you. Thank as you. I as I have via email, et cetera. But Thank you. I'm yep. just wondering. <laughs> Um, about, I'm guessing, is probably about 25 years ago, there was a murder in Milton that to this day remains unsolved. Um, and I can't remember the name of the person that was murdered. Um, I wouldn't want to say it anyhow, but, um, I just wondered if you had any status on that. Is, is that just plain totally cold or is, do you know anything going on with that one? Uh, is that the one with the guy who got shot in the back of the head, found it in his home? Is that the one you're referring to? Uh, I think it had something connected with a bowling alley or something. Yep. He was a manager at the bowling alley, and yeah, uh, there, there. I think they had some leads on it, and uh, that one was uh, that was a little slow off the mark to begin with because the. Res Milton Rescue responded, and they didn't see anything suspicious. Mm. And it was thought to be natural causes or something. Or you know, they didn't really uh. think of anything. And while they were doing the autopsy, I think it was Dr. Morrill called them up and said, you better get down here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this guy's been shot in the oh back of the
2: head. Oh, so
0: <laughs> so I-, I think they did have some leads. I'm not sure where they stand. With that one, I mean, I do know that there there are a couple of homicides is a couple in Burlington that they've got some prime suspects for. But I think, you know, they're they're just trying to mm. go through what they did with yeah. probably with Rita Curran, and again, with all the advances in DNA, I mean, in the Rita Curran case, DNA was non-existent in 1971. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was about eight in the mid-'80s that DNA started to develop, and that was about the time that William DeRoos overdosed in a hotel in San Francisco. Uh, And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of developments over the years, and now they have, like, this advanced DNA testing and everything. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Mm -hmm. some of these ones – in Burlington and elsewhere.
2: Dale, thanks for your some. call this afternoon. Mike, just a couple of more quick questions. Then. I, I would like to get into another cold case with you as well. Thanks for, for bringing that one up, Dale. Uh, Re- uh, Rita had three roommates. I think one of them has since passed away. Were any of her roommates at the press conference? I know that uh, former state's attorney, Pat Leahy, was at the press conference. Uh,
0: n- none of them, as best I know. Yeah. I mean, they didn't identify themselves. Or, and they didn't acknowledge.
2: Her sister? Who,
0: her Her sister Mary was there. Brother Tom were there. They both spoke, uh, thanked everybody, especially the Burlington Police Department, for their incredible efforts. uh,
2: The term closure is, I I think, in my opinion, seems to be overused. Anyone that's had, you know, a traumatic loss to an individual and then they find out how it all occurred and they say, well, they finally have closure. Uh, Did you talk with the the sister or the brother about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Mary said, you know. There was – one of the positive things about it is that the suspect is now dead yeah. and that the case didn't go to trial and there was a lack of evidence or something got thrown out. I think, you know, Mary in particular, probably Tom, is now thinking this is closed. It's yeah. over, done with. Yeah. And, you know, I've often said to, to people when I've been dealing with them through the years – you know the case is never over <laughs> until the suspect is in the grave yeah and I, you know there was several cases where yeah. people just kept appealing 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 in courts 10 12 14 times yeah. and you know this one rape case in particular it just kept going and i remember the mm-hmm. the woman finally calling me and saying mike it's over yeah i go what's over he's dead yeah, <laughs> that was. Yeah, they called me. He died in prison. Yeah. And it's finally over.
2: Yeah. And, well, there's another case I would like to to bring up with you. It's a, a, a cold case here in Vermont. Uh, uh, March 19th, 2004, Brianna Maitland. Many people remember this. Uh, she went missing. Uh, her car was found, uh, backed into a, a barn. It looked like it had been like, you know, smashed into the barn. And she was not uh, anywhere to be seen and has not been seen since, although there was some uh, supposed sighting years ago that it was her at a Las Vegas casino or something. New Jersey. New New Jersey Jersey casino. Casino You know, it did look like her, but I don't think it was her. Um, There may be a break coming in that shortly. I'm feeling pretty good about something because there was some DNA collected. And just recently, uh, in 2022, I believe, it was ID. Indeed, correct?
0: They've, they've they've got some ideas, ideas about the DNA. They don't have identification they don't, okay. to match up with it. Um, and this woman who helped Burlington, you know, in the Rita Curran case, her name is Cece Moore. She has solved through DNA over 100 homicides. And I think they're hoping that they can uh, somehow with advanced DNA come up with some sort of uh, trace to to who it is. And again, it's important for people to check the box. Uh, Yes, please share my DNA with law enforcement. Uh, If people are going to get these cases solved, they need to recreate the family tree, and that's exactly what this CC Moore did.
2: Yeah, I wonder if how many people actually understand that. You know, when they do this Twenty Three and Me, that uh, uh, you know, you know, down the line they could be implicating, uh, you know, a brother, a sister, an aunt, or an uncle. uh, Who knows, right? And all, you know, all we wanted to do was find out, you know, uh, you know, how much Sicilian blood or you know Calabrian blood uh, that I have, or you know, any Greek descent. You know. Yeah, Uh, I didn't mean to leave the Irish out. Excuse me, Mike. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> there's only two nationalities, you know that, <laughs> Irish and those who want to be
2: Irish. <laughs> well, you got your big day coming up, March 17th. Obviously, Mike, it's always great to catch up with you. Any closing comments? Uh, no. Wh- you no, know what's think, the big story I, you're working on right now? Come on, yeah, give us a little hint here.
0: Um, well, there's there's a couple of them, but uh, one of the big ones is down in Woodstock. Uh, there's a big fight going on between the Woodstock. The foundation that operates a Woodstock Inn, and uh, all the employees and everything like that, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's it's one of the papers that I write for down there. So I I, I work for. <laughs> Uh, I work for about six or seven dailies and about a dozen non-dailies. So and thank, goodness, pulling,
2: thank goodness that you do, Mike, because, um, you know, well, as we all know, there's skeleton crews on so many of the, the newspapers that are out there. And, uh, you know, someone with the expertise and the, the knowledge and uh, the skill uh, and talents that you have just – and it's not there anymore. Uh, you know, people can follow Mike on Facebook. And, you know, this is how I actually found out about this case, uh, just as it was breaking, was through your Facebook page.
0: Yeah. Thanks.
2: So thanks for doing that, Mike. Not a problem. Thanks for the goodies this afternoon to too. <laughs> you know he understands the graft rules. We'll see if our next guest uh, Ashley Bartley will be joining me. She's a freshman legislator from Fairfax. Um, you know her husband Jeff used to be a guest on the on the old Charlie and Ernie show, and and Jeff would get up at like you know five in the morning and bake things for Ernie and I. So wow, um, I'm you, you might want to stick know, around. You know you, you never gotta, know. You,
0: you also have to acknowledge that. You know, the the uh, senior statesman up there in Fairfax leaving the select board, uh, <laughs> you know, they're bringing a wheelchair in tomorrow night. Uh, and- Steve
2: Cormier will be leaving. In fact, uh, it's it's rumored that his, his uh, last words going out of the office will be, you won't have Steve to kick around anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, just be careful because the guy that controls the mic always has last (laughs) the last laugh. You know, look out. Look out. Mike, thank you for joining us here today on Travels with Charlie. Thanks for the invite. All right. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Ashley Bartley, freshman legislator, joins us here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.milnetravel.com. Now, you got to go with the demographic here, Corm. If you, you know, I have a younger guest uh, for the next segment here on Travels with Charlie. <laughs> I'll defer to Ashley. Oh, oh, come on. They played at the Champlain Valley Fair uh, a few years ago. A few years ago, yeah. You should get your lighter out at some point here and hold it up in the air. A little free bird from Leonard Skinner. Come on. There we go. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. I'm so glad that you could join us here today on the program. Of course, um, you know, town meeting day. We've got, you know, get out and vote tomorrow if you're listening on the podcast. It's, it's too late. We're not going to make any predictions here. We're not going to get into any of that. And Ashley is my guest. We're going to be talking about a number of things that are going on. Under the Golden Dome.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to be here.
2: You're, um, well, you're a freshman, yes. or, or to be politically correct, a fresh person, I guess, <laughs> uh, <laughs> under the Dome as a representative from Fairfax. Let's talk a little bit about that because, um, well, you... Uh, how long were you there before you were told that your full-time job, you would no longer be able to keep your full-time job?
1: Uh, about two weeks in. I, after the first week, got an email that seemed like that would probably be the end of my employment elsewhere. And at the, by the end of the second week, I was only employed uh by the state of Vermont as a so representative. So, w-
2: were you given a choice, either leave the legislature, or did your boss think that you wouldn't win? I know you got an R next to your name, so he might <laughs> have gone. No chance, she's going to win. <laughs>
1: um, you know, there there really wasn't much of a choice. Um, I was given an offer that just. Did not make sense, was retaliatory, and so I am now no longer employed.
2: You were a, you, it was a salaried position, correct? Correct. They wanted was. you to go, what?
1: They wanted On me, hourly? Yep. Yeah. I was offered to go hourly at about. Eight hours a week because that was when I would actually be physically in the office. Yeah. Um, and I have a very little one and yeah. a not-so-little one who's eight years old, and that just does not work for yeah. a family of four.
2: But you had proven to your employer that you could work remotely because... As you mentioned, you just had a baby, and and you were working remotely during that period, correct?
1: I was. I I spent a majority of my maternity leave uh, working from home, which I was so appreciative to have that opportunity. I know a lot of parents don't have that option. Um, so I definitely was taken by surprise two weeks in.
2: So how did this come about? Just two weeks into the legislature and uh, Vermont Political Observer, that's an online uh uh publication uh referred to you as I think we can say it, you know, Badass Bartley. Which uh, what you know, what a great nickname.
1: <laughs> I make sure my husband remembers I, it often.
2: <laughs> Are you gonna have bumper stickers made up when it's time for reelection? Reelect badass Bartley.
1: I hope so. <laughs> At least everyone will remember my name.
2: So how did that name come about?
1: Uh, I think you just got the B.A. <laughs> and the funny part is...
2: Well, you testified in the uh, the Senate Committee on Government Operations, right? And specifically about this situation, about working and, and serving in, in the legislature, right?
1: I did. You know, there's a lot of individuals in the legislature who have had uh, experiences that are similar to mine. I think in the last two bienniums, six legislators uh, actually left um, because of employment concerns, whether it was being able to balance or their employers didn't understand the scope of their responsibilities when in session. So I I think it's something really important. I know the Senate was looking at how can we best support our legislators so they are able to focus and do the job that they're supposed to be doing.
2: So that's S-39, the committee. uh, This is the Senate uh, bill. But there's also a bill in the House, which is somewhat similar, H-281. Yes. what are the differences? What can you tell me about that, Ashley?
1: Um, You know, I I actually don't know a whole lot about the House version of that bill, which is a little funny because I am in the House. Um, I actually had introduced my own bill uh, that would protect legislators from what happened. To myself, yeah. Um, also, it uh, it just defines uh, criti- uh, criticism um, or constructive c- criticism a mm-hmm. little bit different, um, and it, it would classify that as firing. Um, also, it would allow legislators to keep their insurance um, through the session. Yeah. We have actually a legislator right now who is battling cancer. She's doing a wonderful job. She shows up. She's so strong. Um, and right now she told me that she's paying double the amount uh, for her insurance during this time because – is no longer covered by her employer. She's still on the plan, but she has to pay double yeah. that amount.
2: Weren't you covered? Isn't this area covered, though, or wasn't it covered, or is there a misunderstanding here? Was there something that you didn't do that you should have done, Ashley?
1: It's a little bit of a loophole. Yeah. So the state statute that covers and protects legislators is you have to give in notice of leave 10 days after filing uh, for office, not whether you win or lose in November. This is way back in the spring. Um, and I had gone to my employer first. I said, this is something I'm interested in doing. Let me know now if you would be supportive or not, because if you are not supportive, I will not be running yeah. because I needed that income. And the agreement was that I would continue to work remotely. And because we had that agreement, I never writ, uh I never gave written notice of leave because I wasn't leaving. Yeah. I'd be continuing to work. Um, so that's another aspect of the bill that I had proposed. That
2: you did it the old Vermont way, kind of a handshake, nod, and a wink, and we don't need to write it out. You know, I, I mean, that's the way I do things. Honestly, I, I just I, I hate contracts. I don't like doing business with people that, you know, they want you to sign a contract. Let's, you have an agreement, let's do it. You know?
1: Exactly, the old Vermont way. That's,
2: that's exactly what it is,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Ashley Bartley is my guest this afternoon, first term, uh, in the legislature, uh, out of Fairfax. If you have a question or a comment and would like to join us, we'd love to hear from you. 244-1777 or 877-291-8255. So we talked with you, Ashley, as you were campaigning and running, and, 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 and I think this is the show that put you over the top
1: absolutely right yeah. of course
2: the best one so what are your impressions you know here you are you know you 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 run for office you get in and you get down there and you go oh, I'm, I'm you know this is what, <laughs> probably what I'd be saying what did I get myself into you're in the minority in many yes. ways when you consider it republican young <laughs> female uh, you know where else do we want to go uh, you know how what are your impressions that you're since now that you're there?
1: Wow. It is my first impression. I still think every day I'm there, I'm just a little awestruck. Uh, you know, I am in the minority, and I say this to everyone. We all have the same goals. Yeah. Whether you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, independent, progressive, we all have the same goals. We want to make Vermont a better place for everybody. Um, it's just how we approach those goals and the solutions we think we need to to put in action to achieve those goals are a little bit different. Mm. Um, I have never been surrounded by a group of people who work harder. They're intelligent. I think I've used the term drinking from a fire hose almost every single day.
2: (laughs) You're not referring to happy hour at Capitol Plaza, are you?
1: (laughs) It's Hugo's. Just don't tell (laughs) me.
2: It's Hugo's. Okay, I'm sorry. It's been a while since I've been down there.
1: (laughs) No, it's just – it's so uh, inspiring the work that everybody has done before me, and I know that people will come in after me to do. Um, I just have so much respect for everybody there.
2: Uh, Ashley, let, let's talk about uh, some of the issues that face people that want to to run for office and serve in the legislature, as we've you know brought up here, um, you know having to take leave from <laughs> from your employment, but uh, you know going to Montpelier and serving and lack of health care, Low wages. I mean, let's face it, it's a part time job, yes. although sometimes there are things going on in the summer that you still yeah. need to, to dedicate yourself to. So it really comes down to who can serve.
1: Yes, yes. And, and I think that's something that the Senate, that the House are very aware of uh, because there is a barrier to serve. Uh, you tend to see those who are retired, so who, those who have already yeah, they can do it. employment, they can yeah. do it. Those who have the means uh, to not need another job or a full-time job. Um, and, and those who do have employers who allow for the flexibility. Right. I know there are several people who do give up their uh, health care benefits for a certain amount of time of the year. Yeah. Or I actually somebody on my committee has child care issues where they their children go to two different daycares just so they can balance it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of issues that are facing the legislator. But, you know, some of these issues are the same thing that are um, facing most of our working vermonters yeah
2: what are what are some of the long-term solutions that could probably solve this what are your thoughts on and i've talked with other legislators and former legislators about shortening the session paying more money which it's hard for a legislator to say uh, i need more money if you want me to serve but (laughs) You know, ask most people, and I would be the first to say, yeah, give them more money, and let's cut the session. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, we're just halfway through the session right now. There's a law that has been crammed into, I think, nine weeks. Um, But if we could shorten it, if, if, you know, legislators can go back to their employment and say, hey, I'm going to be gone. So you
2: wouldn't have to leave your employment for Three months, four months sometimes.
1: Absolutely. And, and you're right. It's be, it's very tricky to be in the legislature and say, hey, pay me more, um, especially as a Republican, um, <laughs> because we do have to care about the cost and what that means for our taxpayers. So that doesn't necessarily mean that's the answer.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but there definitely needs to be a long-term answer. I, I, I agree.
2: That, Ashley Bartley, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk with you about today care. That's something that's near and dear to your heart, and many people are debating it right now yes. in, in Montpelier. And, you know, the big question is always, How do we pay for it? (laughs) We'll talk more about that straight ahead right on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them And you should too. Stop in today, Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the daily smile. You got to get this one, Ashley. Every time it's somebody's birthday at a party, the DJ always puts this one on, and they stand up and (laughs) greatest band of all time. Four guys from Liverpool. The Beatles. Is this the Beatles Corp? Yes, it's the Beatles. (laughs) Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. We're talking with Ashley Bartley this afternoon. Uh, If you have a question or a comment, love to hear from you. 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Let's talk daycare. This is an issue certainly near and dear to your heart. Uh, many working parents yes. in Vermont uh, struggle with this, not only paying for it, but finding a place oh where gosh, their kids yes. can go. And the legislature jumping in and saying, well, I got an idea, and it involves a tax. And immediately kind of shuts me down when I hear about that. But puts you in a predicament here. Are you for taxing to get to daycare? What are your thoughts on it, Ashley?
1: You know, it's really hard. I think there's so many different issues to address when it comes to child care. Um, I've, I've spoken to Let's Grow Kids. They're, they really want to make sure it's affordable for all Vermonters, um, but also making sure that there's access to it and quality that is needed, because there's nothing worse than bringing your child to a daycare that is not good. Yeah. Um, and we're hearing that there are people who are on wait lists up to two years. I'm hearing 2025 is when my child can start. And these are uh, men and women and parents who are saying, hey, i got to go back to work. I, I can't stay yeah. with my kids. So it is really hard. Um,
2: Why are there not enough daycares? Is it because uh, – is the state putting too many – uh, requirements on them to become, a, you know, a daycare provider?
1: Yes. You know, I, I think you're going to hear it everywhere. COVID exacerbated almost every issue that we were yeah. experiencing here. Everyone
2: now. wants to work remotely. Yes. You can't babysit or watch kids remotely.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think that would make parenting a little bit easier.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just put a camera and put him in a room and throw in a bag of Oreos and let him go.
1: <laughs> um, but I also think the regulations that uh, – Our federal uh, regulations, state regulations, have made it really hard for daycare providers to actually provide their services. I think it was back in around 2014... Um, you started to see more regulations be imposed on these child care centers, either whether in-home or actual centers. Yeah. Um, and while there wasn't a decrease in centers, they saw a decrease in those who are willing to open up new centers. And I think that's really hurt us, um, which is really ironic because we do have a demographic crisis yeah. in the state of Vermont. So you're not thinking, oh, well, the kids were thinking – of those who tend to be older. um, But there are, you know, young families who yeah. who are having kids who want to. And we to
2: need stay to here. attract more younger families yes. to Vermont, as you mentioned. It's a it's a demographic issue. Absolutely. Uh, I want to move on to another uh, issue right now, and that is uh, S five. It's in the Senate. Uh, yes. Onto the House now. Uh, this is the, uh, I, I have to use the air quotation marks. The Affordable <laughs> Heat Act uh, approved in the Senate, the nineteen ten vote. Uh, now onto the House. You guys will have a yes. look at it. The governor likely is going to veto this. Uh, uh, it's hard to understand. It's a marketplace of credits. I mean, I don't understand that, but basically urging homeowners to convert to eco-friendly forms of home heating, make yes. it more expensive to heat with fossil fuels over time. You know, these are things that it's like if you want to drive people out of the state – There's a good way to do it right there.
1: It really is. And, you know, I hear from constituents every time I maybe mess up or say the wrong word. They're the first to call, and this is what I've heard from my constituents about is their concern over S5. Um, It is not affordable. I've heard, well, there's just this upfront cost, and that's upwards of $20,000. I I don't know about you. I don't have $20,000 to revert any sort of system in my house. Um, and that's, you know, we're thinking that it's going to look like a 70 cent per gallon, uh, tax. And it's, it's a regret at the end of the day, it's a regressive and harmful tax on our rural communities and those who are most vulnerable.
2: I've talked with people that say that, you know, these heat pumps that they want you to put in that, uh, they don't work really in really cold temperatures. Now we've—it's been a relatively mild winter, but when you have a day, it's twenty below zero. That heat pump is not going to be warming the house. Exactly.
1: It's—it just does not work for a state like Vermont. Um, I, I think all of us can agree that we need to look into clean energy. We need to be protecting. Um, our environment, but this is not the way.
2: Any predictions the House is going to support this? Uh, you'll have a different version, obviously. We'll
1: definitely be looking at a different version, uh, but I, I do feel that it probably will uh, pass the House. I think the question is, can we sustain a veto? That's it's
2: the big question.
1: Very difficult Yeah, the way. governor does
2: not support this. No, I, yeah. I,
1: he definitely will yeah. be vetoing this. Ashley,
2: quickly, uh, before we break uh, this afternoon, the House just approved raising the legal age of marriage to 18. Yes. How'd you vote
1: on that? I voted yes. Um, You know, it's vastly different, but my eight-year-old stepson just told me the other day that he was Spider-Man. And, you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, these kids, they're kids. Um, We need to let them be uh, adults, no longer minors, and (laughs) let them decide then. I don't think a difference of two years is going to make or break a marriage.
2: Ashley, thanks for joining me here this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Good luck with S5 and then the the the, uh, the house version on that certainly we don't want to make it more expensive to live, work, and play here in Vermont.
1: No, we do
2: not. All right. Thanks for being with me today, Ashley. I uh, want to give uh, a shout-out to all of my uh, sponsors, Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milm Travel, Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. My theme song is written and performed by Billy Bratcher, my executive producer, Brad Furlan, running the board today, doing a great job, Corm, and, of course, uh, coming up on the next Travels with Charlie... We're going to be talking with Nicole Junis-Ravlin from Juniper Communications. Just voted 2023 best places to work in Vermont, according to Vermont Biz and the Vermont Chamber of Commerce. Have a great day. I'll see you in my travels.